The life of an aquatic herbivore may mean non-stop soggy salads, but there's one South American fish that doesn't mind it at all. They may look like their killer kin, but they hide a secret smile that allows them to live the vegan lifestyle. But adaptation is just the name of the game in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy, your 15 minutes times two of interesting animal info. We've done this joke before. Have we? Yeah. Because you got me. I thought you f- seriously forgot that it was 30 minute no, show. No, did, you didn't. This is a 15 minute show now. We've shortened it by half. You, well, my the but, general info's part is 15 minutes. Right. That's the idea. Well, each show has a bonus 15 minutes at the end. Which is the major fact. Right. Otherwise, you'd just be getting the Wikipedia page <laughs> in lingo. Don't worry about it, though. We got you for 15 minutes at the end. Well, here we are in the first 15 minutes. Covering the but then, fish. Yeah. The f- Today we're talking about... A fish. A Cheshire fish. A what? A Cheshire fish. But more on that later. All right. Oh, no, I know. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it disappears? <laughs> yeah. And it has stripes and it's a cat. We are doing the Paku fish, which is ni- neither has stripes or is a cat. Or pockets. It doesn't have pockets either, unless no. you count a mouth as a pocket. Pocket's just a think bag about, on your pants. Think about that. <laughs> or on your shirt. Yeah, it's true. Pockets could be anywhere. If you can keep car keys in it, it's a pocket. No, because there are those, like, tiny pockets that don't really hold anything. If you really can keep a guitar pick in it, it's a pocket. Okay, there you go. That's so, better. wallets are pockets. A bobby pin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is the Paku fish, which is an entire family of fish. Um... But I will give you the taxonomical breakdown, including one of the largest specimens. And also, I'll also give the nomenclature for my favorite specimen. Cool. All right. So, the kingdom is... Onomalia. <laughs> <laughs> the phylum is Chordata. Uh-huh. The class is... We've visited this class before. Actinoptergy. Okay. Was that from the... Uh, it's, it's a fish. Yeah. Um, order is Caraciformes or Caraciformes. It's a C-I, so I'm assuming it's a soft C's. Caraciformes? Caraciformes. Like, it, like, it, uh, like it's uncouth with its language? Yeah, it's Caraciformes. <laughs> forms crass things. It's a largemouth crass. <laughs> I'm going to say that to somebody the next time they swear. Hey, large mouth crass. being such a large mouth crass. My ears are not a toilet. <laughs> All right, the uh, the family is Sarasalmidae. Oh yeah, um, Crassiformes is uh, tetras. If you've ever had an aquarium, I used to have an aquarium, and we had these little, very colorful fish with big, like, flowy tails. Those are tetras. Hmm. Um, and then. Sarasalmidae uh, is actually called that. The that's the word for serrated salmon family. The serrated salmon family. Yeah, because it has a serrated the the paku fish has a serrated keel. So from like its mouth along its belly, it's serrated. So hmm. other than that, I don't think it has anything to do with salmon. <laughs> okay. Uh, th- so the for the larger species, the black paku or the tembaqui, uh, is the, the genus is Colosoma, and or Colosoma, and the species is Macropomum. 
But my favorite species is Paractus brachypomus, which sounds like Caractacus pots. Is that your favorite from what? It sounds like Caractacus pots from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, wow. Deep cut. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Very timely. Yeah. Um, Can't wait for them to remake that. Because it's 1962. Yeah. Right now. But it's my favorite because it looks the most like its cousin, the piranha. Piranha. That's correct. So this has been known as the vegetarian piranha Mm -hmm. um, because, well, I'll let you put two on top of two. (laughs) (laughs) Although this thing is not completely a vegetarian. Because it can't stop talking about it. Because it can't stop talking about vegetarian. Right. We've, that it's called that? When, when the when the pocketfish enters a room, you immediately know that it's a vegetarian. It, does it also do CrossFit and stuff? It's not a vegan, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's also not a true vegetarian, like I said. It's not a vegan and it'll eat eggs? Sure, I bet you. <laughs> I bet it is a vegan. That's not a vegan. It's not a vegetarian, either. What is? This fish. It isn't? No. Oh, tell a... me what it eats. I will. Okay, we can skip right to the diet. The diet is, well, they mostly eat vegetation, fruit, um, seeds, tree nuts, stuff that falls in the water. Uh, but if that's, if they can't find that stuff, they'll eat other fish. Well, dag, now. <laughs> okay. Like, like, it's not their it's not their number one menu item, but it's not off the menu. <laughs> right, right. I mean, fish are savages like that. Yeah. Fish eat fish. It's a fish eat fish word <laughs> world out there. Which is crazy. Fish definitely eat fish more than dogs eat dogs. Yeah, pretty much, like 100%. I don't think there's a dog or a canine out there whose sustenance is other dogs. Yeah, I know. So it's definitely a fish-eat-fish world out there. (laughs) So the the Paku fish, uh, it is native to South America, Brazil, Colombia, Peru, uh, the Guyanas, mostly the Amazon rainforest. Mm -hmm. A giant piece of land down there in South America. Uh, it likes the, warm the, water. Just, that hundred acre wood down there. <laughs> it's a little more than hundred acres, <laughs> more like hectares. But these these things make initially nice aquarium pet fish because they look like piranhas. People love those. Yeah, it's cool to have a piranha in your tank, and you're like, hey, check out this piranha. But it's really a paku fish because it's not about to like swarm and kill all of the other fish that you put in there or right. your hand. Um, swarm and kill my hand. It, yeah, you don't want you don't want your, your hand to be killed. Uh, so they like warmer water. Obviously, they live in the Amazon, but they're pretty adaptable and they can live almost anywhere except in super cold water. Right. Um, so they've been found in salt water and in fresh water. Maybe that's why they're the salmon. Mm. Maybe that's what, how where they come from. They've been found in Europe, Thailand, India, and Scandinavia. Which you don't think of when you yeah. think of warm water. No. So here's here's what they look like. I've already said they look like a piranha, so let's start there. Let's do it. It's a big, wide, flat, arrowhead-shaped fish uh, with low-set eyes and a tiny fish mouth. <laughs> so you've got you've got your piranha pretty much. Uh, and even, but even though they look like piranhas, they get to be a lot bigger than piranhas do. Uh, and here's where they ma- make bad aquarium fish. And this is what I didn't know. Uh, they don't stop growing just because the tank is small. I used to think that about all I think like, cold-blooded animals. It's true animals. of um, goldfish, right? I don't know. Goldfish can be pretty big, like. But there are a lot of different species of goldfish. I think true. you just got to get the right 
kind of goldfish. I mean, I always thought that as long as you kept the tank small, it would like look at the tank and be like, I'm, I'm keeping it, I'm keeping <laughs> it real. <laughs> uh, but no, apparently they will outgrow the tank. So that brings us to how big it is. Oh. And I won't, it would be nice if we had like some sort of segment where we could let the viewer or the listener rather know ex- just exactly how big this thing is. Well, you're in luck. Really? Because that means it's time for the listener's most favorite segment of the show. Measure up! I've heard you've got some facts. I've got some facts. Let's do some quizzing. This time we'll quiz each other. Let's get quizzical. Why should I have all the fun? <laughs> or you're having all the fun. I don't know who's having more fun when you quiz me. <laughs> okay, so so they can be as large as... 1.08 meters, which is 3.5 feet. Is that what you got? Yep, that's just about as long as an anglerfish. Yeah. Callback. Yeah. Listen to that episode. So how many Paku fish go into a Shetland pony's height at the withers? So that, so that means... What is a wither? Oh, the back. That's a horse's back. Really? Yeah. Huh. Now you know that. I do know <laughs> that now. So you sit on its withers? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why is it plural? You stick your nithers on its withers and get going. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Why do I feel like that's never been said before? <laughs> but it has to have been. <laughs> nope. Okay. I made it up. All right. So from from the ground to its withers. Uh-huh. Uh huh. How many pakus to a Shetland pony? Yeah. Which is traditionally small. Yes. I'm gonna say one. Yeah, exactly okay. <laughs> right. It's in fact not only is it it's one, it's exactly one. Three point five, and three point five feet is the maximum you height you can be at the withers to be a Shetland pony. Well, so your species changes if you get a little bit taller than that. If you it's get not to a three point six, I don't think it's a species. I didn't do a lot of research about the Shetland pony for this, but uh, <laughs> I don't. I think it's a type of breed, and for it to be considered that breed. It's like a sp- it's like saying it's like whiskey. It's like scotch whiskey. It has to be from Scotland. You can make it the exact same way outside of Scotland and it's not. But it, so it's a pony from Shetland? I guess. It's a type which, I, which sounds like a place in England, I guess. I don't have all the Shetland pony answers. <laughs> Where's my research on Shetland ponies? <laughs> all right, so I got one. Okay. 3.5 feet, mm-hmm. as we said. How many of these fish Going to the Beast Roller Coaster at Kings Island, Ohio. So the length? It's I the think, length of the roller coaster? I think, yeah. I think it's the longest wooden roller coaster in the world. Okay. I've been on it. It's pretty crazy. I've never been on it. Also, you feel like your teeth are going to fall out because it's very, yeah, very Yeah, because ro- like, wooden shaky. roller coasters are not fun because <laughs> they <laughs> not, shake you up. Not anymore. Um, so I don't know much about roller coasters and I'm terrible at judging length of distance i'm gonna guess it could also it, it may not be the longest i know it has some sort of record maybe the oldest maybe the longest or maybe the highest let me just crunch the numbers real well, quick you can't look at your phone i'm i'm just in the calculator i'm gonna just go ahead and say a hundred so you think it's 350 feet yeah okay uh it's, it's 2000 wow so <laughs> That's a long roller coaster. I feel like that's long. It might be the longest roller coaster. Maybe that's the accolade it has. Okay. And I also went on the Son of the Beast, which is also a wooden roller coaster on in the same park. Wow. All right. So you want to go to Hoyt? Yeah. 
Uh, so how many? I said 2,000. Two, oh, 2,000. 2,000 fish? Yeah, 2,000 of these fish going. I thought into- it was 2,000 feet. No, no, no. Oh, no. my gosh. <laughs> That's so long. So it's what? Your like teeth are rattling out of your head. It's like 6,000 feet. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah. No, it's more than that. It's like it's like a seven, It's a 7,000 foot roller coaster from start to finish. That's your whole day. It's your whole day. I bet you like the Hulk is just as long. Yeah, it just, really I fast. just don't. I can't I have no mind for <laughs> judging the length of a roller coaster. You just need to, now that you know this one, you yeah. can judge the length of other roller yeah. coasters. It would probably be more helpful to to know the ones I've actually been on. True, yeah. Um, but let's talk about weight. 40 kilograms or 88 pounds. How many Paku fish go into a Clydesdale? Oh. Mine, mine are horse themed. Yeah, I know. You <laughs> definitely like the horses here. Well, Clydesdale is huge. I think it's like the biggest it's horse, the biggest right? Horse. The heaviest horse. With or without the Budweiser wagon behind it. Without the Budweiser Without the Budweiser wagon. wagon. Oh, okay. But with the little furry tufts on the bottoms of its hooves. With the, with the mane all put up into ribbons? Yeah. Okay. Because I have to factor the ribbons Minus in. The, yeah. <laughs> um, and plus, aren't their aren't their tails usually shorn? I don't think so. Not them. Uh, uh, like think about um, the horse from uh, Beauty and the Beast. That's a Clydesdale. Sure, I know what a Clydesdale. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's just it's got regular mane, regular tail. All right, so I mean, I I I know it's between. A thousand and three thousand pounds. That's I feel like that's a good range for the Clydesdale. It's a large range. So I'm gonna go in the middle and say, um, you know, like two, an elephant two, is like four thousand pounds. Really? Yeah, like two tons, right? I thought an elephant was twelve thousand pounds. Ah, uh, good question. I'm pretty sure an elephant is maybe really, they can lift two tons. <laughs> really, really heavy. <laughs> I'm gonna say um, it's twenty five hundred pounds, and. Um, oh, you're right. Wow, 12,000 pounds. Oh, wow. On the, on the nose. 13 for an African elephant. Well, one of those charged my van. Anyway. Um, Six tons. All right, so tw- 2,500 <laughs> 2, pounds. Yeah. And this thing is 88 pounds. So what is that? Uh, I'm not going to pull up my phone and, and use the crutch of technology. Uh-huh. Um, you will you just have the podcast listeners listen to you. I'm going to say 30. Pretty dang close. 25. 25 Pakus go into Man, a Clydesdale. And that's what I use. I was like, okay, so if I put it up to 100, then it's 2,500. So I'm going to put it up a little bit more to make the difference between 88 and 100. Oh, so that's pretty good. So I, that I, might be the closest you, I ever get. You might. No, you got it right on the money in the last one. But that was kind of easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, you got to go. Yeah. All right. So, how many of these go into a cruise ship anchor? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Not just any anchor, a cruise ship anchor. Okay. An anchor for the largest ship to in the world. To anchor a ship. Now, now, I'm thinking about the water. And pulling things on the water is easier than you think because tugboats can do it. Mm-hmm. Tugboats can pull, like, huge barges. They're just little, little, little tugboats. And, okay, so you got to have an anchor that will stop the waves and the stuff from moving the thing. So that's going to be pretty hefty, I think. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm doing the math, this seems wrong. I'm just that. There, there's your hint. Okay, I'm gonna go high. I'm gonna go high and assume that an anchor is like like twenty thousand pounds. Like really, is that really he- like heavier than an elephant? We found that. 
That is heavier than an elephant. 20,000 pounds by 8,000 pounds. Um, 227. Dang. Is that a... It's 300. Okay, okay. If I was on, if I was sitting in your chair, I would not have thought that an anchor is 20,000 pounds. I would have thought an anchor is 2,000 pounds. Maybe. No, see, the the whole elephant fiasco really <laughs> made me rethink weights. <laughs> it's to, it's so, an, 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 a cruise ship anchor is 26,000 pounds. A little over that. Okay. So, 300 of these guys, of the Paku fish, go into cruise ship anchor. Wow. That is crazy heavy. Yeah. But also, a cruise ship is crazy heavy. Yeah. All right, so. That seems even low to me. Now that we've talked about how big it is, three and a half feet is pretty darn big. 88 pounds is also very big. Um, And this thing does not respect a tiny fish bowl. It's just going to keep growing. Uh So, like most pets that grow bigger than you, you want them to, people are like, oh, I had this piranha that, this, you know, faux piranha in my tank, uh, and now it's three and a half feet long. It's twice as big as my tank, so I'm going to have to throw this into... The ocean, or the or river. the bayou, or wherever I happen to be. And that's why they're everywhere. And, they, and they're adaptable so they don't they don't just die. And voracious eaters. Yeah. Eating all these, like... McDonald's salads people throw into the water. Yeah. Whenever I get a McDonald's salad, I just find the first body of water <laughs> that I, I can find and just dump it in there <laughs> and hope that a Paku fish eats it. Uh, so they are they're they're heavily fished, overfished in the Amazon. The whole river is overfished by commercial fishermen. Um, but it's a it's apparently really delicious. Theodore Roosevelt himself said it was very delicious. Mm. That's a man who's res- Whose opinion I respect. Yeah, he has this book about his tours in Brazil, and he gives this whole guide on what to use to catch a, a Paku and how to cook it and stuff like that. Okay. So, there you go. That's what I have on the Paku fish. Other than that, it kind of stares into the middle distance and gapes like a fish. Yeah. So, that's the end of the podcast. That's all I got. That, that was 15 minutes, right? Yep. A little more than that. Now it's time for the bonus 15 minutes tacked onto the end. <laughs> oh, you didn't think you were getting that. <laughs> we just we just love you guys so much. Extra yeah. 15 minutes. I'll give you the major fact, the reason you came. Okay. Um, so here's a little thing about this Paku fish. It's related to the piranha, as we've talked about. Um, but there's one key difference, and that's it's got a face full of human teeth. Ugh. So... If I'm if I'm Theodore Roosevelt, I'm putting like Twinkies and like hot dogs and stuff at the end of those line. Did they have did they, assuming... have twi- did they have Twinkies at the turn of the century? I don't know. Probably not soon after. I mean, probably soon it's after. Not, I just when I think of Twinkies, I think of like 1955 or something like that, like just post-war industrial food. Oh, now you're gonna look this up. I have to. <laughs> It's not like, I think Theodore Roosevelt was president in like 1903, so I don't think they were around back then. I don't think, they didn't have plastic back then. You couldn't package a Twinkie. 1930. Okay, there we go. Still, that's a lot earlier than I thought. But hot dogs, I think, were around. Oh, sure. Well, sausages. Sausages and bread. Um, But not really. Okay, so let me, me, what what, what do I mean? What do I mean by human teeth? (laughs) They have teeth that are wide and flat. And have basically like 
like the front teeth of a human being. So it's like flat, square and flat. The incisors? Yeah, the incisors. And then it also has molar-ish looking. Some have more molar-ish looking ones. Yeah, I saw some molars. And some have, you know, flat and square So ones. it's not the super sharp serrated teeth of the piranha. Right. Um, and they, they, unlike humans though, they don't have canines. Okay. Um, and, and unlike piranhas, they don't have an underbite. They have in some cases a more of an overbite um i guess that helps yeah it helps to have if you're a uh, like a a plant eater it helps to be able to grind your teeth together yeah i'm about to talk about okay that. there you go <laughs> sorry i didn't i don't want to get ahead but what i want to know is why do why does it help to have under an underbite why is that good it's a genetic abnormality in in piranhas oh and un- maybe yeah. You you definitely if you have really really sharp teeth you don't want your teeth clacking together no matter right. what so either an overbite or an underbite and they just have underbites maybe yeah and they're, they're just the teeth are everywhere so um so since they are so closely related to the piranha why do they have vastly different teeth um and you touched on it animals all eat different things and you can tell sometimes what they eat based on their teeth and they have different chewing and biting mechanisms. For instance, the spinner dolphin has 252 teeth. It has the most teeth. Um, of any animal? I think so, of any animal. Um, really? Yeah. I wish that sharks had the most teeth. I think it's this dolphin. Um, and actually, things that live in the water tend to have more teeth than things that live on land. On the other hand, blue whales have no teeth at all because they just eat different things. They have baleen instead of teeth. So you can tell what a creature eats based on what its teeth are and how it chews. So We already talked about what the pocketfish eats. Yeah. So piranhas are carnivorous, eating flesh and scales and nasty stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the pocketfish mainly eats plant material um, and uh, tree nuts and stuff like that. Fruit. Fruit. I think it's a part, a part frugivore. Frugivore. That means it's uh, eats fruit. It uh, it really watches what it, its budget is. Yeah. <laughs> it o- it only eats the fruit that it can spare. Just the fruit of the loom. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's some nasty foreshadowing. <laughs> so carnivores typically have sharp teeth and pronounced canines for tearing flesh. I just. My whole concept of Fruit of the Loom has just been completely <laughs> changed in a, in a, just a, just the worst that's way. That's why it's called that. No, it's not. <laughs> I made that up. Um, herbivores, or herbivores, as some may say, have flat teeth for scraping and grinding plant material. So plant matter has cell walls, right? Sure. Animal cells don't have that. Plant cells do. Okay. Um which it makes them harder to break down and digest is the starch. Yeah. So you'll have like stuff like sharks and other fish that just kind of swallow things whole. They'll, they'll rip off a chunk and swallow it. They have no decor. Decor. Decorum. Yeah. So there you go. Um, they, and then they're able to digest that, but plant matter, it's just harder on your digestion system to break through that cell wall. So it needs to be pulverized during chewing as much as possible. Mm hmm. Um, some animals like cows have jaws that move side to side, mm-hmm. so that facilitates grinding even be- even more. 
Um, and then others develop teeth for def- defense or defense. Like it's sports. <laughs> There's, it's only defense if it's sports. Other than that, it's defense. It's defense. Yeah, that's strange. That is. Why weird. is it like that? So uh, for the chant, defense. Yeah, I guess you're it's right. Like defense. <laughs> so like, elephants and walruses have um, these. Those are actually teeth. Those tusks, mm-hmm. um, and they're developed that way for courtship rituals. Um, ritual like ritualistic fighting and then also defense omnivores like apes uh bears and you and me and the paku fish and the paku fish no not like the paku fish it, it is omnivorous yeah but the, the rest of this sentence <laughs> doesn't make sense no have a combination of canine teeth uh for tearing and molars for grinding all right, I'll, st- I'll I'll lay off the omnivorous part just because it's like well, it's fish not, aren't part of its actual diet. Yeah, it, I mean, I'm sure like like a dog will eat a carrot sometimes if you, but it's not meant to eat a carrot. Right. Like Although, are I sure? Yeah. Dogs are mostly carnivorous. Right. So you wouldn't say a wolf is omnivorous. No. But it'll if, eat, it'll eat grass to throw if up. There's a tasty morsel. It ain't gonna turn its snows to it, you know. Like pizza. <laughs> yeah. Pizza is a vegetable. It is one vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> so you can so the paku fish and the piranha have different teeth because the paku fish likes to eat cell walls and it grinds them, grinds them up good. And that that leads me to something nasty that Uh-oh. that it supposedly likes to grind up. I've I've heard this story, but it might not be true. And I have a rebuttal. <laughs> um, Speaking of fruit of the loom, so pakus were found in the Orasund, which is the strait between the Danish and Swedish border. Oh, it's Orasund with a slash to the O. Yeah, that keeps coming up. Whatever that means. Uh, so, a professor at Copenhagen Museum of Natural History warned male swimmers that the pakus can mistake male uh, genitals for tree nuts and take a bite. Okay. Said he he literally was like tighten your swim trunks, men. <laughs> Cuz if they fall off, you're going to be unhappy about that. Right. Or if- the the, wa- the the Norwegian waters are swarming with testicle eating fish. But this claim was uh, pretty much false. Um, later, the professor actually clarified that this was a joke, mostly. Um, the it's a weird thing to say to a in a press release if it's a joke. Uh, well, it was partially a joke. He 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 said he was like, "There's not that many of them here." A, B, they're probably more likely than not not going to come up to a human and bite it. Um, no matter, especially swim up the trunks and go for like looking for something that looks like a tree nut, you know, like, it's just, I don't know what kind of tree nuts it's used to. So I, I think that the claim is generally just nonsense because they're, they're not known to just take chunks out of people. Um, they're herbivores by nature. That's what they're probably going to be doing the most. Um, and the pl- fish, not too many fish swim toward humans, except for piranhas. True. Which well, also that might not and be. And sharks. Yeah. Uh, so the paku and its humanistic chompers were so creepy, though, 
that it's still it's still a widely held belief that look at this fish with its human teeth it's gonna take a bite out of you it's weird in the deep it's... <laughs> deep in teeth do not rhyme it's a slant rhyme sure you said you have a rebuttal my rebuttal is that I don't think that's true no it isn't true <laughs> it isn't true but uh, I mean if I'm swimming in Paku infested water I'm definitely gonna keep my shorts on me too but pretty much if I'm ever swimming if in I'm, public if, yeah, if, <laughs> if I'm if I'm swimming at all my shorts are on yeah 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 not the skinny dipping type <laughs> Especially when there are animals in the water. <laughs> yeah, just just keep your fruit of the loom in the loom. <sighs> that was going to be my ender. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined it. <laughs> I'll still say some. I'll, I'll say something along those lines. Okay. So that's all I got for the Paku fish. Yes. And that's all you got for the Paku fish. Yes. So to you, the listener, lace up your shorts, brush your teeth, keep your fruit inside your loom. In life, death, and taxonomy. <laughs> Boy, I sure do love animals like ants, bats, spiders, and wolverines. But do you know what I love even more than that? Metahumans that take on those animals as anthropomorphic identities. Me too. You called? Oh, hey Chris. What made you cross dimensions from your podcast, Play Comics, which takes a look at how comics meet video games, over here to our show? Did you overhear my pining for animal superheroes? Of course. I have transdimensional podcast sonar communication. It's just one of the many things you pick up while listening to my show. I'm sold. How can we gain such power? Just subscribe to Play Comics on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcasting app you use to learn all about why Arkham Asylum is the best comic book turned video game since The Amazing Spider-Man for PS1. You know, when we get that far, because it's going to be a while. Oh, and I also like wasps. Is there a wasp... Yes, there's a wasp superhero. And a panther? Yeah. Octopus? Uh-huh. Don't go. I had so many more questions. Well, I guess we'll just have to listen to Play Comics to find out more. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Brain Trust Brothers Network. For more information about this podcast or others, visit braintrustbros.com. So, if, so if the so if the underwear are the fruit of, fruit of the loom, what is the loom? The factory? I thought a loom was something that you weaved clothes on. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. So the the loom is the the factory. The, so yeah, you weave. <laughs> so you weave a pair of underwear on this loom, and the, now you have the fruit of the loom. <laughs> oh my gosh! How did I never think of that? Well, there, now you have plenty of material for the end of the episode.